I can feel it coming in the see, It's perfect for today. Coming in the air. Today. You need the drum solo, man. Today, today but not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> That's it. Uh, okay, that, that worked, Gabe. That totally yeah, worked, yeah, man. man. That's all we asked for, cool. for our like guests, that. man. We just had a little intro. Uh, so, so, Jim, we got Gabe here. Yeah, Gabe, our engineer, man. Uh, so from GPF? F Design, yeah. F Design. Oh, sorry. sorry. So stay close to the mic. <laughs> GPF Design, yeah. All right. There we go. And then website or no? You got an email no, here. No, no website. Just an email, a uh, couple of phone numbers. So we got an interesting show here, Jim, because Gabe is an engineer architect. So I'm a professional engineer that runs an archi architectural office. Okay. Because okay, so, as a professional engineer, I can certify most architectural drawings and i was saying to him just before we got started off mike he can argue with himself which is kind of cool i mean this yeah. is a rarity to, oh yeah like i don't i don't think there are that Big many time. of you guys out there I, there are there's a handful of us and a couple have just retired so uh oh yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's like a running one, theme one stop one stop shop it's one stop shop man it's yeah so we do it all we do the architectural the structural Committee of Adjustment, Planning. Oh, you do CIA? Was, wow, eh? Yeah. Well, that's where... So this started with my father. So he had an architectural background from Italy, but never became an architect, was never certified. But he ran... He called himself a building consultant. So in his office, it was architectural design, committee, whatever it took to get a building permit. So that's what he did. And I followed... I, I joined him full-time in 2003. So I brought in my stamp, and we were able to take it to another level. Luckily for him, in 06... If you were dealing with the building code, if you were a designer in the province, he had to be certified, which meant he would have had to have gone back to school. And there was no way he was going to go he back. He was not so going to be had, old school Italian. No way, man. No, no way. So, so he had me in-house, and I was stamping for him, and away we went. So it worked out well for him. So as a building consultant, what exactly were his duties? Architectural design. Okay. So from start to finish, and whatever it took to get a building permit. Committee of Adjustment, Site Plan Approval. Zoning. Zoning, everything. Everything. Okay, so when, when did the BCIN? 2006. So that's that's the certification you're that's talking about? That's the certification, about? yeah. So anybody that's going to put together a set of drawings. See, once upon a time, anybody can put together a set of drawings. To a certain square footage. Yeah, to a certain square. So up, do we have to go through all this? Well, we no. can go, we oh, kind yeah. of skim through it a bit, I yeah. don't know. With my father at that time, he could pretty much put together a project under 6,000 square feet. Right. Got it. Right? House, industrial, commercial. And under, I think, three stories was a maximum. Beyond that, you needed an architect and an engineer. Right. Right? That's all you needed. But up until 2006, anybody can put together a set of so drawings for so a house. Free for all. Yeah. Apply for the permit, away you go. Right. And then it changed. Then you needed either a BCIM number, architectural stamp, or, or, a, or a PNG. Or if you're the homeowner, say you're the homeowner and you want to put an addition on your house, you can put together a set of drawings and apply without any certification until it goes to permit and they say, oh, you need a professional engineer for the design of this beam. Right. So that was 15, 16 years ago, 2006, 17. yeah, Bill 126. Okay. Yeah, it was brought in by uh, whoever it was, McGinty at that time. Is it difficult to get the BCIN or...? Um, is it multiple it, choice? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's all multiple choice. You can take five day courses through really? uh, the OBOA, okay. Ontario Building Officials Association. Because you get a lot of interior designers that have their BCIN and they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to get and then they pretend to be. They try. Oh, that was, cause, cause, they try to do what we do, right? Got it. Yeah. I, I let you say that because that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no, how I understood it. it. I'll say it because I deal with them all the time. Yeah, so yeah. they get it to make it look like they're. 
legit. They're legit, but they end up coming to somebody who's certified, an engineer or an architect, to take them to the next step. And you always need that. Absolutely. Because you can't just yeah, draw absolutely. a structure. You're going to have to have... Uh, not necessarily. Like if you're, as an architectural technologist, you're taught simple structures. If it's a Part 9 building... Which is the majority of yeah, structures. Which is, yeah, the majority of our buildings are three stories, less than 6,000 square feet. And if you can navigate through Part 9, you can pretty much design from the footings all the way to the roof because it's all, it's all in there. It's on the table, right? It's all on the tables. It's right. beautiful, right? Yeah, so if you can navigate through that and... Where, where are the hiccups is when you start getting into some interesting design elements that are tricky to apply the Part 9? Is that when you... Anything out of Part 9. For example, start with the foundation. Okay. If your foundation foundation wall is higher than, I think, 8 foot 2 or 9 feet, then you, you get into Part 4. That's the structural end. Where you need an, you need an engineer to certify that wall. Let's get, say you've got a beam that's got point loads on it, has other columns sitting on it. That's out of the realm of part nine. You need an engineer to stamp that. If you get beyond 4.8 meter spans of uh, either roof rafters or joists, floor joists, then, then you need an engineer. But for the most part, I mean, our spans don't ever go beyond that. You can pretty much, uh, if you know how to navigate. You can go part exterior nine. wall to exterior wall. Exterior, yeah, yeah. And then everything interior is just basically decorative at that point. Exactly. Because it's 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 all there. You can start from the beginning to the end. Minimum sizes of rooms, size of windows, maximum size of openings on a on exterior wall. It's all there. Legal basement apartments. It, it's all there. I and mean, that's there why you there. see a lot of just main floor addition. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just they throw it on the back of the house, and it's yep. it was part nine. It was easy. It was basically a cut and paste. You just look at the grocery list, and this is what we can do. Easy, man. Yeah. Easy. And it's it still is, but we've complicated it. We? Who's we? For different reasons. The 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 city? The municipality. They never do that, right. do they? No. God. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabe, are you coming from are you coming from a dimensional lumber section, getting into engineering lumber section, or you started in an engineering section and just been building that way since then? Uh conventional lumber. Yeah. Yeah. So do you two like two by eights, two by tens? Yeah. Do you pr prefer? Did you like it or not? Or you like all the eyes? You like what's what's your thoughts? I have no preference. No, as as beams, as as a big structure, yes, I like the engineered beams, the LVLs, the PSLs, which we we don't ever spec. What's a PSL? I don't even know what a PSL. Yeah, see, see, what is go. a PSL? PSL. So, so instead of laminated, okay, it's it's pieces of lumber that are pressed together in, in all different directions. That's what a PSL is. And that's where we start. We started with PSL. Those are the more exposed decorative kind of beams. Not necessarily. No, no those are the, you're thinking glue lamb. Glue lamb, okay. Where, where they'll take a conventional piece of lumber, two by four, two by six, two by eight, and they'll laminate them together. And oh. they're, they're beautiful. They're, they're, those are more architectural. So where would I see a PSL? It's rare, right? No, you, you won't see, see them much. anymore. Nobody no, they don't them. use them? It's almost like a glorified OSB, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's oh, high, okay. I higher think strength. I, I think I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And they were, they were stronger than the uh, than the LVLs. So that they had a higher strength modulus of elasticity. Okay. So is the LSL just a same thing? Better version of it. There right? you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. we use more as a as a wall section than a beam. Right. Right. Are there any? Letter S L somethings out there that we don't know about, or we know all of them already. Oh, there's a new one out. Uh, what? M S. M S L. 
No. MSN? <laughs> MSN. Tom from Central was telling me. And it's used as a stud. You can use it as a stud. It's it's in between a you know conventional two by six and a LSL. LSL. Right. I forget. It's it's three more letters again. But yeah, and no, this is I've, new to the market? Or they're trying I've I've never heard of it before. Um I wanna ask the big, 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 big engineering question that <laughs> a lot of contractors ask. Or maybe ask and or maybe yell. I don't know how it is. Do we over engineer? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that you're saying yeah, it. Yeah, I'll say it, and I'll admit it. I'll tell you why. Because, why? Because I'm not on the job site with you. I, I can't guarantee that you're going to put that W weight at 18, or you're going to put that column in the right place. That's true. Right. And I've, I've come on site. It's happened. I've come on site, and there's a column missing, or it's, it's two feet longer, guys. It should be 18 feet. You're at 20 feet. Is this beam going to work now at 20 feet? Well, mine is because I I, I, I will over-design for that reason where, where I can, right? Sometimes you can't. You've got a, a, th- a 30-foot span of beam. I, I can't over-design it because it's already a big beam, right? Right. So I'll take it to right, not right to the code, just a little bit more. So just in case that they don't. Oh, yeah. Just in case, huh? Yeah. Interesting. I've never had it said that way, but it's true. I totally, yeah. conv- I, like, I totally yeah. agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, that's... That's how I. Well, at least it's an honest opinion. No, I mean, I, I totally I've agree. Always, yeah. You know, I mean, you, we've said it before. You're 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 building a two story addition on an existing house, and you get up to the ridge, and it's a one, it's a you know a one by six ridge, and then you're putting a double <laughs> LVL up it up against it to replace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not even replacing it; you're just putting it against yeah. it. Bolt it, twenty-four right. center. <laughs> yeah, you know that house has been that house has been standing up there for a hundred yeah, years. I know. Right? I know it's crazy. We're we're getting we're not engineering anymore. Oftentimes I say, hey, you don't need me. If if we're designing like that, we don't need engineers, right? In what respect? You're just basically specking out all these structural all these huge engineering beams. Huge beams. beams. And, uh, yeah, it's you over, know what I mean. It's overdone. Yeah, it, it's overdone. So you don't need engineer. See, an engineer designs a, an econo- economical, safe structure within the code, big enough so that it works. Well, sometimes we're we're not engineering. We're just slapping it together. I'm not doing the calculations, right? Through experience, I know what works, and then you up it a couple of sizes, right? So we're not. Doing the engineering is sometimes we should. That's me. I'm not talking for anybody else. For sure. Right. Like, for example, in, in foundation walls, we're overdoing foundation walls. In what respect? Thickness or height or rebar or? Steel. Steel. Rebar. Yeah. There's been a lot of instances where we don't need the rebar. Right. Concrete on its own. Not even fiber infused concrete, just regular concrete. Regular 20 MPA. That's it. Concrete. So the rebar is just, it looks nice. It's become a habit, eh? That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's extra yeah, work and 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 money. So we gotta. I've so I've slowed that down a bit, and I've looked at my walls, and and, and there's some sections I that I say no. You know what? We, we're not going to need steel here, and it's right out of Part Nine in the code. So how does that work? Like when it comes to Part Nine, like we've always said this, where you'll get the inspectors on site, and they'll go, "Well, give me the letter from the engineer to sign off on this, yeah. even though it's not part of the drawing." So how does that your information or your stamp trumps? Part nine and the building requested by the by the inspector. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? It doesn't seem like you. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. like if if I've seen it, and I'm comfortable with the contractor who built it, I got no problems with it. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, yeah. No, they, I mean there've been times where they've forgotten to put the the bar in. The bars in. <laughs> oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so where's the math come in? Because you guys are all about math. You're you're calculating structural integrity, I guess, of certain points. You know, masses of concrete, masses of steel. The math always comes in. It's all, it's just you're always doing the math. Stay in school, math if you want to be an engineer. Yeah, yeah a lot of math. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes down to like you're you say maybe you're not putting you know steel in your foundation wall but yeah. you have your partition walls that are buttoned up against it which are helping with the strength later right but are those walls always going to be there see that's the right. issue because now we're like we're building boxes with no walls yeah. which are weak points are weak points so you got to be careful you're starting to get a little bit of lateral shift movement there so things have changed because we're we have these open spaces so we're thinking more now of steel frames to counter this lateral shift. So is that why I would see, on, I guess, on a box foundation concrete setup in the middle of one side of the walls, a jet out of four feet of concrete? A buttress, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. basically stabilizing that long yeah. wall. It's and countering, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's countering that the earth and the hydrostatic push. Right? Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we honestly just do the show so we can educate ourselves and we'll That's go great, talk to yeah. other contractors yeah. and we'll just tell them all this information. It won't be exactly how you told us, but, we need... but it will sound good. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> good for you. <laughs> we'll sound legit as if we should be on a TV show. Just don't maybe. ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take a jab at that one. No, no, no. It's fascinating. I've always respected engineers and, and guys who like, I like engineers that roll up their sleeves and problem solve and work with contractors and try to figure out. And I'm sure you feel the same way about contractors that want to roll up their sleeves and problem solve, right? I've always said I, I, I learn from who's building off of my drawings, right? And oftentimes I'll, uh, we'll sit down with a set of drawings before you start construction, review them, and then you tell me whether you can do this another way. You know, throw a suggestion at me. I'll do the math. If it works and it's cheaper for you to build and easier to build, I shouldn't say cheaper, easier to build, let's do it. Yeah. Right. So I, I like having the contractor at the table and reviewing my drawings because they've been on other job sites and they've worked with other engineers Absolutely. and they may have learned other tricks. Absolutely. And then I learn the tricks from you. So then on the next design where I've got the same sort of issue, I can now incorporate into the drawings. Right. Yeah. So it, it helps I mean, we, we just we just did that, like that on, on our on our project that Gabe and I are working on. We, yeah. you know, the big gigantic window. Originally, there it was engineered with HSS, and then you know I mentioned the game. I said, you know, the window company can do all this. Can we take out the HSS and maybe do with engineered L wood, L LVLs, right? And that was totally cool. Yeah, nice. So uh, I mean, we 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 made them a little bigger. We were going to go with the seven and a quarter LVLs on each side, and then we'll. And then whatever you put across the top, a couple of uh, LVLs, yeah, are good. Um, no, and then and then that just creates this, you know, nice big square opening that the window company can come in and just plop their window plop in. Plop it in. I was going to ask, are there limitations? Because I know that with dimensional lumber, you were maxed out at five ply. Is that the truth or no? You couldn't create a beam more than five. Or am I wrong on that? I'm not sure. I got to check that. Okay, but then it comes to LVLs. Is there's no max, right? You could. Mm apply as many times you want in their software 
and in their literature it's foreplay. That's as high as they go. Or oh, the max, but, eh? But then you can sit down and I, I can do the math. I just do it by hand and I can add four or five plies, six plies, right? When do you get into bolting plies? Four, four plies. Four plies. As soon as you get the four ply. That, you uh, get the fourth uh, ply in, you got to put in the half inch through bolts every... 24 20, no. yeah, 18 to 24 yeah i'll never go to 24 i'll always i'll always say less because i'm not there right. you end up going to 24 right <laughs> yeah all right so i was asked 26 <laughs> yeah i was asked yeah. i was asked 12 staggered yeah 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 so it was like it, that was hard man to drill through four ply and yeah. half inch through eight inch bolts oh, that was hard man see that's that's where as a contractor i'd pick up the phone and call the call the engineer hey okay. gabe uh did you make a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Profasco right now picking yeah. up a thousand bolts. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but <laughs> I need a new arm. <laughs> but, but that's how it should be, right? Yeah. We have to be on the same page. I got to try to help you and you got to try to help me because it's not, it's not, you guys do the magic. I don't, I put it on paper. You guys take it from paper and then you see this thing come up. It's, it's, I've been there. It's not easy. You know? it's, it's a hard puzzle. It's, it's hard, man. What about steel? We getting into a lot more steel these days. Yeah. People, for what reasons? Is it structurally better? Stronger? Absolutely. Steel is. It's, it's, it's longevity. Right? So no, over no, time... Yeah, no movement. No movement. There, man. You'll still get movement with LVLs. doesn't matter if it's engineered. Absolutely. It's wood. It's alive. It deflects. Yeah. Well, no. It won't deflect. Shrink. But you always ask the new guy to check out the crown on the LVL. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> But I see that a lot of steel, but steel's heavy, man, yeah, I know, to I know, I know. get it in there. It's if, hard. If I can avoid steel, because then that way I've got one trade in there, carpenter. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. Start bringing steel. The steel guy's got to come in. He's got to weld it. You, no, you try. You can't, you can't always. And a lot of times what's happening with renovations, as you know, everybody wants a nice flush beam. Well, you're in a house that's got two by eights. How am I going to get a seven and a half inch right. four ply LVL to spend 20 feet? It ain't going to work. Steel. Right. I got to go with steel. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what's your best way of anchoring that steel on the actual foundation walls? We just rest in it. And yeah. It, a lot of times you can just rest it. Okay. Um, if the situation, if you can, nice steel plate anchor it into the wall. What, some J bolts or something That's inside? It. Yeah. Eight okay. inches. If it's if it's a lot of times it's too tight, it's tricky. you can't yeah, if do you're it. Pouring, so if you're yeah. pouring, right? yeah. If it's new construction, you can get yeah, it in yeah. there. But if you're renovating, uh, that's hard. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. Depends yeah. on the situation. I'll make that site call. I'll throw it on the drawing, but then I'll ask. Let's meet with the contractor. Let's see what the wall looks like once it's stripped. If it's solid, then then we're okay. We can rest on the wall because these aren't big loads, right? They're not. Got to remember, residential loads aren't big. Long spans where it's you know twenty thirty thousand pounds at each point. It's not. It's maybe four or five thousand pounds, six thousand pounds, which is it's nothing. Is it true that engineers design structures as if that structure are standalone structures in a community? That's how they calculate their numbers regarding force on lateral on on sidewalls or something like that. I was told that by I don't know if it was an inspector or an architect told me that that they calculate the loads based on the structure being all by itself in the middle of a field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, that's true. That's how it works. Yeah, but even though we're in a community and we have a house that's four or five feet away from us. You take the worst case scenario. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that you're wide open. That's how you guys treat it, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All the huh? time. Roof loads, flat roofs, 
pitches? Peaked, trusses. Anything? It's easy. Everybody's getting all turrets and oh, well, I mean, eyebrows. I mean, yeah, I mean, you see, everybody wants the height. Everybody wants everybody to Everybody wants up. to max out the height so you can do a slope, but then you got to, then you cut it off, but you're flat up top. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the only way you can do it, right? Zoning wise, yeah, you got to make it look like it's pitched to try to bring the height down so it's not a big variance. But yes, it's it's the max out because our, cause our heights are. Maybe they're a little low. I think it's more create work so that everything's committee of adjustment. Hard to say. So that's what I like about I know around here it's 31 six. Th yeah, it's 10 That's meters. your max to the peak, it's 10 right? Meters from established grade to the peak. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but then you get certain homeowners uh, bringing in some more yard. <laughs> yeah, <get> that <laughs> to extra. raise that up, right? Just in case. Oh, you get a lot of that. Because that's the only way you can get higher. Yeah. Because you want nine floors on the second or nine foot floors on the second. Yeah, you want ten and ten and nine. Gone are the days. I'm sure that we all grew up in eight foot ceilings, and we thought those were massive, right? Yeah, Six was... and a half foot basements. <laughs> <laughs> Smash your head on the duct, right? Yeah, yeah. Watch the beam. That's yeah. all it is, right? Yeah. yeah now you get nine ten foot basements. So how long you been at it there, Gabe? How long you been doing it? Probably all my life with my father. I was a four or five years old where you spend the weekends with him. Just we'd, pay attention. Yeah, we'd go measure a place up. I'd hold the tape at one end, and he'd read, he'd read the other side, right? That's how it went. That's how you learn. School. That's how yeah. you learn. Yeah, and then uh, when he was when he was building, when they were doing homes, I spent my summers with, you know, whoever was on the jobs on the job site. So the bricklayers on the job site, you're hanging out with the bricklayers. You're, yeah. you know, you're slinging bricks and mortar, and you're doing backfill. So we, yeah, it's so I've been at it all my life, and I always worked all my summer jobs whether it was surveying uh, municipal uh, offices it was always construction related so yeah it's it's all i know it's all i've been doing surveying is a it's a very slow job huh? well when i did it it was still old school right you set up your instrument the theatolite right you throw your line right it was all done at first principles to lay out a footing or lay out a house you do a traverse and now it's 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 one guy with a prism that's right. it. Yeah, you've got uh, your total station gets programmed at the office, and it tells you where to go. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. What are some of the uh, the big things that you've come across in Resi, like structural wise, that clients or architects or builders are having to tackle? Structural. -wise. I'm just thinking big window walls on the back, yeah, and yeah. you know, and oh, we don't need any brick or cladding. We just want one glass. Double vault. Yeah. So all. Yeah, a lot of glass now. So you're blowing out the. To, uh, these renovations where you're blowing out the back wall top to bottom which compromises now, now creates lateral shift in the house so you yeah. gotta build a steel moment frame to stiffen up the back so you're getting a lot of that where you're getting you know wall-to-wall -wall glass and and three stories a lot of three-story attic stories like narrow no narrow, narrow three narrow high houses that are 35 35 feet yeah, we just did, we did right. one a couple of years ago down in Riverside. Yeah, yeah where you got to be very, very careful. Reminds me of the tower on in Manhattan there, that uh, Millionaire's Row, whatever, that one condo that's like that skinny tube that's yeah, just straight yeah. up, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they're building now, houses here. And what do you got to do? Do you have to reinforce the foundation more? Do you, no? has nothing to do with the foundation. Well, it does a little bit because your your frames have to bite into something. So you, so you, you, you increase that part of the foundation where your columns are sitting on, right? It's, it's all in the, every so many feet or meters, you have a steel frame that this wood structure uh, is anchored to. 
so it's nice and stiff laterally. Okay. Because what's happening is on the first floor of these houses, there aren't any walls. There aren't any sheer. There nope. aren't any walls that you Open can create. Open concept. Right. And then, and then the back end, you got no wall. It's all glass. So I, I found those are probably the most difficult and the scariest. So those how do you are, solve that? Like you're doing them with a, these steel frames on front and back. Front, back, and some it depends on the length, and then and and then interim. Really? Uh, yeah. That was kind of like a, that project you were doing with the um, the cross members, just to hold the sides up. There you go. Right. Yeah. Just to, just till we were going as up you're going floor, up yeah. to yeah. reinforce it. Yeah. It was it was more shoring. What it was. That's what it was, yeah, yeah. holding up the two outside walls. And as we went up, we kept taking it out. Right. But in the midpoint, I remember that there was at the door frame. There was a huge piece of steel around that whole sidewall there. Yeah. And that would have been that same moment kind of steel frame. Yeah. Handling that lateral movement on the length of the, the wall. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of stealing. Man. <laughs> yeah. Those... But, when, but on those bigger ones, like the new modern ones where we got the whole back end completely open and let's just say it's 30, 40 feet. Why? Does the, the window kind of comes in to the structure, right? The the frame of the window or no? Mm. No? I never rely on that because I don't know who they're going to use as a window right. manufacturer, right? So we'll design the frame around it as a moment frame, meaning that where the connections are, where the columns meet the connection, that's got to be big enough. Both members have to be big enough so that it's a 100% stiff connection. Right. Right, so where you th usually use, let's say, a four-inch diameter steel column, you can't anymore. You got to go into an I section, a W section. So that there's enough steel and fat, so that the connection of the two, there's enough there to weld and bolt, so there's zero movement. I was yeah. like the first time I actually did some major structural, and an engineer told me all I needed was an inch and a half bearing. I was like shocked. It's like, floor, floor joist. Floor joist. Yeah. Like an inch and a half bearing. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. all you really need, yeah. huh? And a beam three and a half. I just find that so little. R residential construction. Yeah, strictly resi. Yeah. But commercial, what is it minimum on bearing? Well, it, de it, it depends on how much of the load's coming down, right? You calculate yeah. all that, right? Math. Back to the math. Back to the math. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in school, kids. Okay. No, it, it's fascinating. I've always yeah, I, yeah. like I've always had enjoyed conversations with you guys yeah, yeah. because I always there's no matter what I will learn something. Yeah. That's just about it. So that's why like honestly get friendly with all the engineers there and just pick their brains. You know, try to figure out how 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 loads are transferred. Yeah. Right. Not difficult. L learn that concept, and like a good carpenter will know. Yeah, will know how things. Load bearing. Yeah, how yeah. things. You know that. Yeah, this is load bearing, and this is how this load is gonna is gonna transfer down to the basement or down to the foundation wall. Yeah. You know, and you'll see. You know, I'll walk in a place where the carpenter has covered all the load points. You know, walk in. Wow, it's beautiful. Let's talk a little bit about deflection. I find that there's quite a bit of deflection in today's resi's homes. I mean, what is our Tolerances for deflection on spans. Deflect. So you're allowed a bit of deflection. Okay. When okay. you say a bit, what's a bit? Uh, so over. Why is it that I go into certain subdivision homes and I'm walking through the master and I hear the handles of the dress, dresser drawer rattle? Because because they've they've designed those to the minimum. So L over twenty four. So L is your span. So let's say it's let's say it's twenty four feet. Okay. Right. So twenty four feet over twenty four. Over 24 feet, you're allowed an inch. An inch of go. deflection? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, that's where I was shocked when I yeah. first heard that. Yeah. I'm like one inch over 24 feet. Yeah, L over, yeah. L over two, sorry, L over 240. 
Yeah, so 12. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed. A one inch. Yeah, I, I got to do the math. No, I, I know. I think but, it is. I think it is. Up there. It's more than half inch. Yeah, it's, it, it is. So you're allowed. Code says you're allowed so much, right? So, and that was the joke because I've yeah. been in those houses where I hear the rattles of the handles of the dresser yeah. because you're literally walking on the floor. Where you hear the glasses tinkling. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, what's going on there? I mean, a paranormal because activity or something? No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's deflection. Yeah, well, so because, you know, you're allowed to go with two by eights at 16. Or max. Max, and, and they go with two by eight at 16. You're, you're at 11 and a half feet span, let's say, and you can go with a two by eight at 16 or two by eight at 12. They go with a two by eight at 16, right? They go right to it. Whereas in a custom house, there's no way we'd ever design to that. No, because you can't. I, because I don't want to get that call. Right. Right? You know, and I don't want to be explaining deflection. Right? What, what are the maxes? I know that I think two by eight max is 13 feet. A two, so a two by eight, I've always... 12. Is it 12? Yeah, maximum, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. always spanned it no more than 11 foot, 10, 12 feet. Okay. But then if you add bridging and strapping and everything else, you get a few more inches. Right. Got right? it. Uh, two by 10s, you get 13, 14 feet. Two by 12s? Uh, close to 16 feet. 16 feet. feet. If it's Douglas fir, a little bit more. At 16s or at 12? At 12. A 12 with three-quarter inch, glued and screwed, two rows of uh, bridging, uh, uh, strapping, right. you know, one by three strapping, and, and then your drywall and all that. Glued and screwed. You're preferring structural screws over nailing pattern in that application? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If you're going conventional like that, and it's... And you go into the maximum with a, with a span, yeah. You gotta. You have to well, we also got to be stops. clear. It's like, it's structural screws, not, not construction yes, screws. Exactly. Because there's... Two different difference. things there. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about eye framing? If we start getting into eye joists, what are the max on, I guess, uh, I don't know what they are. L, okay. L. So let's start with 11 and 7 eighths. So a 12 inch with a two by four flange, 20 feet. Safe. 20 feet? 20 feet at 12. Safe 11 and 7 eighths. 11 and 7 eighths. You get down to a nine and a quarter? About 16 feet. 16 to 17 feet. Yeah. And then seven and a half? I've never specced them. I know. I don't think I've ever seen I have them. Never seen I enjoy them. seven and a half. They're yeah, cute. Yeah. They must be cute yeah. looking, but no, yeah. that makes no sense. Yeah, and then you get your 14s at 22, 23 feet, and then 16s. But you got to be careful with those because then it, it kicks up your height. Yeah. Right? So if you're yeah. tight and so when you start that design, you, you have to take the structure into consideration, right? Because so I always assume a 12-inch or 13-inch floor cavity when I'm dealing with zoning and designing a house. Right, even though I may get away with nine and a half, but I won't know that till I go to committee and I'm down the road where I got to design the structure. So already at the start, I got to say, okay, I've got 14, 15 foot spans. I'm going to assume a 13 inch right. cavity so that I'm safe in height. It's kind of standard now. It is like yeah, 11, yeah. seven, eight, 11, seven, eights, right? Yeah. It's how it yeah. seems to be. Well, it's also good for mechanicals. Right? Yeah. Everybody can run. You can make up to, uh, I think you can make up to a 10-inch hole, no? Or an 8-inch hole through an eye joist. 4-inch hole. 4-inch? Yeah. Oh, that was spec related to the manufacturer. Yeah, it depends where, where in the joist. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. other thing. Yeah, it depends yeah. where in the joist, right? Yeah. yeah I think so. it's within 6 feet of the wall or something, yeah. right? You can get up to, yeah, 18 inches from the support. You can have a 2-inch hole. Right, you got to be careful at the center because that's your maximum deflection. So you yeah. must away from the center and stay away from you know where, where it's supported. Do we get some plumbers that cheat the situation? Because if we want to run that four-inch hole, but time. we got to slope it, 
And you need to make that hole in the center of the eye joist. Yeah, you get it all the time. Is that when the plumber becomes the engineer? Yeah, pretty much. But he forgets to call the engineer who's going <laughs> to sign it off. Right? Call me first, and then we'll talk Why about it. Why does that hole keep on getting lower and lower yeah, with each yeah. joist? Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, all, all these new homes, they seem like they're getting heavier. People are putting heavier things. Like I'm talking about freestanding tubs, clawfoot tubs, cast iron, elevators. I'm talking about some huge spans, and you got these big, big things going on inside these houses, big fireplaces, stone. You're factoring in all that stuff. We have to factor. Absolutely. Right. That's why with these bigger, let's call them luxury homes, you're, you're not designing to the code. So right. it's a different code. Yeah, yeah, it's a different animal. Totally different. It's the expensive code. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That was my phone. Sorry. Yeah. I got to ask you, uh, Gabe, why is it sistering and not brothering? <laughs> <laughs> I've asked this question to every engineer, man, and they don't have an answer for it. We don't know where it all came from, sistering. Why is it always sistering? Sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's that whole masculine thing where you're just like, you know, she won't go anywhere kind of thing when you tie something down with strat, rat straps on the back of the truck or something like that. That won't move, right? right. Like because we've sistered it. We have we sist- it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Or I guess the. We the, trust the sisters more, maybe. 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 Could there be you that. go. Yeah, yeah. It could be that. So, okay, I was just curious about that. Well, Jim, where do you want to go with this? Like, where else? I'm just. What, sistering? <laughs> no, no, no. Engineering, man. Engineering's fascinating, man. Well, it is. It is. Is for sure. I mean, you know, the I guess you know we were talking about deflection, but we use the eye joist to help get away from that, but yet it's still but there's there's still deflection. Deflection still comes into play, right? That's that's probably well, see that's called serviceability. So a joist or a beam is gonna pass and stay sheer and moment, right? How much it twists. But the big one is 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 deflection. Right, this serviceability. I don't want a, a spongy floor. But that's what you get with that much deflection. Well, but okay, but yeah. so how do you, then? You know, you somebody wants a a tiled floor. That's heavier than a wood floor. It's heavier, yeah. Right. But, then you know if they walk and there's deflection. Then your growth. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, know what's going to happen to the tile. Yeah, what about you, radiant floors? At that point, crack. you got to factor. Well, yeah, but with the radiant floor, you got that concrete topping, so it stiffens the floor. So, it but helps. the weight. But it, it it preloads it. I know. I've seen that before. Right. They explained it to me, and yeah. I was like, "That's fascinating." Yeah. So it preloads, it preloads it, so it pushes where it's to yeah. its where it's going to. You create up. a big exactly. Big, so it's already preloaded, pre-stressed. Let's say at at that deflection, it doesn't go anywhere. Interesting. Yeah. It's like an eye plate, I guess, or something like that. You're creating a T or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be uh, like an extra layer of. Sorry, guys. You, you got know. an extra layer of plywood, except it's concrete. Right. So what would an extra layer of plywood do to a floor? It stiffens it. So, so, so speaking of that, because I've taken plywood a few times, three quarter and vertically put it in. Yeah. Put it in the eye joist. That definitely stiffens it up. Right. hundred percent. That has been a fix where a little bit too much deflection within a floor that's an, (coughs) an eye joist, a TJI. Well, yeah, an eye joist. So we'll slap three quarter inch, five eighths down the middle. Right, so you take your center every, say, four feet on one side, four, four on the other, glued and screwed, and you've stiffened that joist up. It does wonders. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's huge. It's also fascinating that a lot of flooring, finished flooring manufacturers always spec out one-inch thick substrates. But I don't know how many people use one-inch T&G plywood. So what's that? 
I OSB, guess, that, yeah, that event, seven eights, that's right? seven eights, that's right? right? So I guess, yeah. The, yeah, the engineered boards. Yeah, the engineered yeah, boards, yeah, right? Yeah, but they're not, yeah, they're not cheap. No, they start getting expensive. Yeah, I know. There's nothing cheap right now. <laughs> nothing brother. cheap, yeah. <laughs> ICFs? You ever get into ICF? I've done a couple. You like them? Wasn't my choice. Okay, you don't like them. I, I don't have an opinion on them. Okay. It's, it, it's a great concept, right? For the insulating... Uh, Structurally speaking, with the concrete, and I guess all the, at that point, it's plastic webbing inside, right? Yeah, yeah, it's plastic. So you can go with a little less concrete because of how it's reinforced and how it comes together. Mm-hmm. So instead of a 10-inch, you can get away with an 8-inch right? because there is some reinforcement in it. right? So as, as far as putting it together and labor, and uh, it makes it a lot easier to put a foundation wall together. And then it's, yeah. like, you know, it's all built in. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, Still not sold on it? No, I haven't I, done I mean, one yet. I'm, I'm, I want to do know, one. I've, I've worked with it. I've done a few places on my own with it. The concept is great. But when I see these guys, you know, when they're on the inside of the house and working in the basement, whatever, where, you know, let's just say they used it for a basement, for a foundation, you know, and then the electrician or electricians are carving out oh, yeah. the, the insulation to put their wires in, and then they just foam it back in with a can of foam, I, I, you know, that is the part where it seems it defeats the whole purpose of this whole block. What I've done, and, I'm, and I've said this before, I just take inch and five-eighth steel studs and put them in front so, them in fr- yeah. so I do not compromise. Compromise that, yeah, yeah. Right. The foam and the, the, foam, the actual and wall and just leave it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you put a stud wall in front of it. Well, you're furring out a wall. It's just basically to carry the wire in the. There's no structural to so, it. So how do you, uh, how do you connect that top and bottom on the floor and on the? Okay, so you have, yeah. you have a track. On, okay, that's, that's it. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As and, and, to, and, and and yeah, you can run your wire now. You can either run the wire behind, or if you run it through, you got to use the BX. Do you get deflection, like in the wall in no. the center once point? The, once the drywall's up, no. Yeah, no. tightens it up. Okay. I can see a lot of modular stuff happening. Do you like modular homes coming in or a whole section of wall coming in? But then the corner is the weak point at that stage, right? Or well, I don't think the corner is the weak point. It's it's the toughest point. To, what it, the connecting point? The connecting point to put I together, think, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm wide open to it. Modular homes, sure. I just like in Europe, a lot of people are doing it, and then this we're trying is what to. what f- I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just like you're trying to figure out. Um, okay, where is construction headed here in North America? I know that we're such an old school kind of ground. Yeah, we haven't we haven't changed construction. We haven't changed like we, haven't we changed like LSLs and LVLs are probably the biggest change that we've seen. That's it. That's all we've seen, yeah, right? That's all I've seen in, in the time I've been here. So where's it going to go from there? You think? Like you think more and more modular is going to come into play? Yeah, but modular, you're kind of stuck to five designs, right? Is is a box? That? It's, yeah, a, it's box. a box. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean. Christ, walk down the street. Look, there's not one that's the same. But we might get into areas of the city where you're going to start seeing... Well, I think subdivisions, they could do it. Absolutely. And why it hasn't taken off? But it's so expensive. I remember pricing a second-story addition on on my old place. And and we went modular, and it was crazy. Like, just to put the box up, it was... Because you got to clean it in? So you didn't save anything. No, you don't save anything. Well, just time. Right. But... But why'd you, know, you opt we, to go that way? No, were I, I, no we were just, yeah, I was just going down. Let's price it. Let's see what it's just all about. Just check it out. Just check it out. And it didn't make sense. 
you know, and I, I was in no rush to get it built. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, if it was a considerably less expensive, sure, I would have done it, but it was expensive. Were there challenges to tie into the existing structure with no. a modular? No? no, no, no. We 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 you set it up. It's pretty simple, right? You put your joists, and the walls go on top of your floor joists. Not hard, but uh, it just didn't make. It just wasn't economical, which I thought it would have been. But there was only one company at the time that was. This was yeah. 06, 07. And they're out in the East End, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice that you know they get the house, they get the walls up. And, the walls on the roof up in four days, but so you're kind of weathered really fast in yeah. a week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it did, but it didn't come as a finished wall inside. No, because no. you still have to run your mechanical. Through. So really, it no, just not showed up with a wall already yeah. pre-framed. But it can show up as a finished wall now, right? Right, where it's just a matter of knowing where all your uh, you know receptacles, plugs, yeah. and everything else go. Yeah. So, so they can do that, and I, I've seen that more in Europe and Italy. Than here. That's right. I think if you if yeah. if someone can perfect that, yeah. Where and then when you go to join your corners and that's, they have the harness to yeah. somehow. That's what I was saying. That's the weak point. I that, think. Right. My, yeah. You got to yeah. figure it out. We can figure that out, but we don't want to. Right. Like because we're said, just fine uh, with the way it's yeah, been. Yeah, we're happy with the way it is. Right. We've got the trades. We've got the know-how to keep building the way we keep building. Well, at least we're progressing a little bit with like laneway homes in Toronto here now, right? But like, that's not construction. That's more zoning. Yeah, that's true. Right? We're still building the same. We're still building laneway houses the way we yeah. were always built. What's changed is finally they become more progressive with, with the zoning and right. and, and allowing another dwelling unit on a pro, on a, on a single yeah. Yeah. On a property that's you know single family residential. The construction of it is still the same. Yeah, still the it's same. Smaller. Right. That's truly really, the only difference is I guess structurally you have to attack the way the garage is on the base. You got to look at the foundation, how yeah. it's sitting, and then right. determine if that's going to. But there's a lot of guys out there trying to do the modular, or you know, Are bring there, it, bring I, it in in pieces. Yeah, right? there is. I mean, I actually just came across another one, which was like Wonder Shed or something like that. And it's like the 108 kind of thing, a square foot. So it's just modular walls. Four walls come in, drop it in place, and you're done. You put it on piers, or you put it on concrete or helical piers, and you're done. But that's a yeah, but you it's don't like even a hundred need... square foot. That's exactly a hundred shed. Yeah, basically right. it's a shed, right? Yeah, but you don't even need piers or a foundation if it's less than five hundred and fifty square feet and it's a wood structure, one story, just a slab, slab on grade, slab on grade, and just up that's and down. It. Yeah, and that's it. That's it, man. What about moisture coming from the grade up? Well, your slab is sitting on uh, on pot or some sort of foam, or and then gravel. your gravel on gets it yeah. crushed. Yeah. So you don't even need piers, eh? No, if it's yeah, if it's a wood structure less than fifty square meters or so, it's right again. It's right out of the building code. Yeah, the right max is one hundred and eight. No, where you don't need where you don't need a building permit. permit right? right, but you can put a structure without a foundation if it's less than yeah. We've done fifty garage. square meters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Garages. how many garages have we built? Two car garages that are frame construction. Yeah. Where, where it's on just, a slab. Because yeah, they're all on right? slabs, right? Yeah, where it's, you know, it's eight inches around. Uh, don't you, around yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, don't you have to do, what is it, a, a raft slab or something like that? You yeah. have to do uh, that little edge thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's eight inches and then it tapers to three inches. Yeah. In the center part. As, yeah, as you come in a foot, right? On a, yeah. It's a continuous pour. It's just all, yeah. And you yeah. just, yeah. So how do we evolve? Like, Gabe, I'm wondering, how do we, like, I don't know, is it is it the workforce? Is it the city? Is it, I don't know. 
I feel like Europe is evolving. Asia is evolving. Well, I think Asia is evolving because they're taking our... (laughs) No, no, no. And and, and, uh, yeah, they're taking all our lumber, but they're taking our know-how and then they're just perfecting it like they do everything. True. And just, you know, make it that much faster, that much more cheaper. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't know enough about what's going on out there, but here we all have to come together and, and try to make it evolve and take it to the next level. It's not just a couple people. It's not just the builders and it's not just the engineers and the architects. It has to be everyone. Right? You got to have the municipalities, the, uh, the manufacturers of materials. Everybody's got to come together and say, where, where are we going to go here? Where do we want to go here? Well, now, well, now, now it's been forever. We're, we're trying to get a lot more green, right? You know, look look at how the look at how SB twelve has changed dramatically. The the the, the, uh, the, the building envelope now, where yeah. you have you got to have that R five on the outside oh. of uh, right. Not so much on newer homes, but with you know you put an addition on this house, and that addition has to comply to SB twelve, right. where you've got the R nineteen CI five, which makes doesn't make sense to me that I can't just go conventional R twenty four on an existing house that I right. got to go with the CI five because you'll have a step wall now. Yeah. Going into your addition. Yeah, yeah. I got to bring, I have to bring the wall in, you know, to accommodate for my brick if I'm going to go with brick. I think a little bit of North America's problem is that there's too many different kinds of schools of thought on how wall assembly should be, that it confuses the building code to how it they want it to be. Well, I've adopted the way of the, of the R5 and yeah, the R5. even R10. Yeah. But, you know, in most cases, we'll just, when we do price a, you know, a new construction, whatever, we automatically put the, the you know, the one-inch rigid on the outside, allow for everything, and tape it, seal it on the outside, and this house right here, and the other one that we've done, and, you know, the last five or six we've done, the energy efficiency is unbelievable. It works. You know, I I did this house down the street and lived in it for 14 months. It's all gas powered, you know, gas pool, gas this, gas everything. My gas bill for 14 months was 1,100 bucks. Wow. And it's 3,800 square feet plus a a plus a 2,000 square foot basement that was finished in a while. That's cheap. It was unbelievable. But we did. So, I mean, we, you know, called it the net zero ready but it's not certified as in as a net zero but it works but it's the same concept yeah i just didn't have the guy come in and stamp it and you know that's our standard now how we build sure it's a little more money but at the end of the day like you know this guy here same thing he goes unbelievable hardly spent anything in gas and the temperature and then and then it's all how you set up the mechanical too right I mean, up to 4,500 square feet with the way, you know, we're building with the, the envelope, we can get away with one furnace. With one furnace, yeah. And we just take our trunk line up into the attic. Yeah. So we make two zones. There's a thermostat on the main floor and thermostat up on the second floor. So all it does is move the motorized dampers. Yeah. Calls for the more cooling upstairs, just shuts, the basement's always cooler, shuts the dampers off down here and pushes it up. That house was within a within a degree from the basement to wow. the second floor. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Done yeah, so it should be yeah, but yeah. you're not getting it. You won't get that. But you're not gonna get that in a subdivision. You're not gonna get that and it costs money. Most homes, yeah. Right. I mean well, just what, to what just to do just to do the 
the motorized dampers and all that stuff, it's like six, seven grand on top of your, um, you know, furnace and ductwork package. Is it an average of 19 weeks to put up a 2,500 square foot subdivision house from dug Start hole to, to actually a occupancy? It's like 19 weeks, I think, is the average here in, in Ontario. That long. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty fast, but yeah. yeah no. Well, you know what? They, I, It's not far off. My daughter. That house that? That house they moved up to in Collingwood. They were here in November, and I'm going, you guys, there's no way you're getting in, in, in Mars. They haven't even dug the hole yet. No, they promised that. I said, oh. You know, I'm in this business. I can tell you right now. You're not getting it until you're not getting it until <laughs> July. That. All right. They moved in. Really? They got possession on the 19th, and they moved in on March 29th. What was the and deficiency I think the list? Hole was dug sometime before Christmas. How did there, they it's, that it's a, You know what? Hats Winter off to hats off to the to the builder, Sundial. They they did the house. Brilliant job. Like I went up there and I just holy Christ, this is. This is a subdivision house. Now, the guy, what's good about it, he also does custom, so he has that mentality. Yeah. Right? Like the mechanical system that was in the house was brilliant. Just the way, ah, you know what? You got the, you know, the, the thinner doors and you got the smaller baseboards and stuff like that. But That could be upgraded later on. Sure, Ken. But yeah. I think the guy did a, you know, a really good job for what it cost. And and they started in the winter. Yeah, makes the guys move faster, stay warmer. You know, generally that's the guys who you want know, to work. Gabe, I like I like starting in the fall. You're like the only the, one. You're the only one I've ever. Because you know why? Because the rain is gone. Like after after Thanksgiving, let me dig my hole. You know, I can deal with a little bit of cold. I can put on the insulation blankets, whatever over the footings. Let's get the walls in, backfill. Cap it. I throw some heat in there, and let them frame it through the winter. I'm not dealing with rain. My motto is I can yeah, shovel. I true. can shovel snow. I can't shovel rain. Yeah, and the Mud. ground and, and the ground is frozen. So it's actually easier to work once you get moving. Work. Once you're warm. I mean, this is Canada. But you're not bricking. No, that's not so much. No, being you're not bricking. No. Right. It's you, you could know. be you just tent propane. Just propane. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. You wait until the spring to break to your stucco do it. and all that. But yeah, you can get it up, sealed up, and you wait till yeah. We just throw a you know, a construction heater in and if we've got our R five all the way sealed all the way around the house. Yeah. That place there like was seventy two degrees with a construction heater in there. Wow. All the time. That's wow. comfy. Yeah. There was no furnace. So there's a good example of you know, a little bit of progress. You know, with the with right. no 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 no, but with regards to the to the building envelope. Right? True. Right? Look at what we do in the foundation walls now. We got that R ten along the the block or concrete, the inside, and then yeah. and then you're putting your your two by four yeah uh, stud, and you're insulating now from top to bottom. It used to be from like just below grade. Right. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Right. So so yeah. So you got your twenty plus the ten. Yeah. So you got an R thirty in your basement now. You're and, and that's warm. where and that's where it starts. If you got a good warm airtight basement yeah yeah the rest of the house will be warm will be warm well it's that whole yeah. continuous insulation yeah. right yeah, yeah well that's where all the cold so comes we do from. our you that's know right. do our two inch rigid on the floor before we pour it goes up the wall to the top of the oh, plate beautiful spray foam the, the floor joists and then you're on the outside your rigid's coming below that yeah so you're layering 
and then what I do, I, I, I take the, um, I'll use blue skin or whatever and put it on top of the, the sheathing before I put my rigid on and take it right down over to the brick ledge. So that's sealed. Then I put, the rigid on, but the when we put the rigid on, we we gasket everything. We gasket the low, gasket the corners, gasket up at the top, mm. gasket around the windows. Well, yeah, you have it's to. a system, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a little longer. The result has been amazing for the clients. Is it fair to say, Gabe, that the older homes were they built better than the newer homes? Structurally, yes. Okay. Well, well, we see it. Look at the longevity you're getting out of yeah, these double like brick century homes. homes, double brick yeah, yeah, yeah. width, wi- yeah. wife width, width, wife, wife, wife. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. It's wy right? Uh, wife brick, but um, I am also assuming lath and plaster also added to structure as well too. Absolutely, and it adds to sound. Absolutely, right? Lath and plaster is a lot better than drywall, half inch drywall. Right now, we talk about all kinds of sound products that we want to be using because we made the houses basically tin cans. Right, there's so like you can hear everybody now in the yeah, house, yeah, yeah. right? The sound transmission's horrible. And then before, back in the day, we had lath and plaster, and we had thicker walls. I think and we they had still use plaster in. Like I know when a few guys went down there working in Boston. Oh, that's that all. They were, they yeah, were still plaster because they oh, got to yeah. stay true to the heritage. That's man. right. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, that's. More but it's a, a newer way of doing plaster. I mean, they more got the. Well, it's four feet wide. Well, they do the whole heavier gauge chicken wire kind of thing. They put that on with roofing well, I don't even nails. know if it is. I thought it's some kind of a blue board. Not, oh, is it? Not the kind oh, that okay. you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. But, and then they just plaster the whole walls and then clean and it trial, up. Just trowel it. Like it's all, I guess it's almost like a stage five that you know that you try to do with your walls if you skim the walls. I the think level five. Basically, that's a level five, right? But everybody wants that, but they don't want to pay for it. Nobody wants so the older homes were built because, I mean, you had hand-cut roofs, you had true-dimensional lumber, you had two-by that were actually two inches, or if not two and an eighth or so. So then why did we, I guess we just got rid of all that because of economics, right? We weren't letting the trees grow f- longer, so we couldn't get, we couldn't yield more wood. Are you nervous about seeing, because I, I mean, like I told Jim before, I'm seeing all the new lumber that's being used on new construction nowadays, especially what's going on. It's all live edge. And yeah, <laughs> there's there's less bark on, on live edge than there is on these things, man. Like, it's insane yeah, how it's much. Horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible how it is. And then you're framing with this. You're trying to frame properly with it. So much waste. Is it structurally compromising or not? If we've got that bark. Back, no. one, just jump in for one sec. I mean... Gabe, you ever use the finger joint studs? You ever seen them? Good point. No. Brilliant. I use them whenever I can use them. Obviously, you know, horizontally, they're not worth anything, but standing up, they're they're pretty structurally sound, and uh, they are. I mean, that's the way they sell them. And it cuts out the the crowning and the less less movement. So when I started using them, it, it really... Um, with the screw pops and everything else, got eliminated a lot of that, like less, right? And the pieces were, you know, like that. And now that we have a lumber shortage, why, 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 why aren't we doing it again? Finger jointed studs. Well, I have never seen them. Well, two yeah, by threes sometimes are almost yes. always yeah, yeah. finger yeah. jointed. Yeah. No, but you can get two by six, two by four. Really? But you yeah. could still walk into a big box and get a finger joint two by three today. 
So why aren't we, I guess, in this crisis, not doing that? Or maybe well, not even in it. Like, why does it have to be a crisis? I mean, crisis. you know, it's just a waste of wood. Look at, look at look at what we throw out. You got a two footer or three footer. You got, oh, I'm going to use that. For you, you bring that right? up because I just finished a job and I've got about maybe 24 off cuts of two by eight and two by tens and two by sixes. Right. And, and I'm not throwing them out. They didn't normally they would have went into the bin. Right. But I'm not throwing them out. I, I, don't, no. I don't know why. I don't know where I'm going to use them, but I'm not throwing them out. No. That's scary. It's, changing. Yeah, it's, scary, <laughs> it's yeah. just like the off cuts are gold. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, they're, they, you know, central Fairbanks used to and still do. If you ask, um, I mean, why isn't there somebody that's just great, you know, sets up the bin at your, you know, at all the job sites, fire the stuff in, take it and do it. I know why it's old school contractors, because this is my biggest gripe as a GC. They see a bin means anything can get thrown into there. <laughs> I'm not going to be responsible that's and just it. put wood in there right. and put rubble in there and put soil in there and put my coffee cups in that one. That's why, and then you hey, gotta, we you, do it now. We got a blue bin and a we green have to bin do and it a gray now. bin. So we why can't we do, do that in the site? Yeah, maybe it's not as big, but it, you know what? You try it. You know those bags. You know those bags they bring. Yeah, yeah. They True. drop off in sand at your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or dirt. Why can't you do the same thing? Leave a bag there, fill it up. Guy comes, off, cuts, picks it up, mm. and away you go. These days, someone will steal it. Before you <laughs> just put put one of those bags with like a bicycle lock on it or something, yeah. a kryptonite lock or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They would maybe. I got a client Gabe that's a, a, a mechanical engineer, and he's always picking my brain about doing certain things a certain way. And we actually did a, an amazing fence, which I liked out of helical piles instead of concrete. Listen to this fence he did. It's like it's so we did helical piles P threes, so they're four inches diameter, and we went on average about five, sometimes seven feet. There was a couple of them that had to go ten feet just because of soil conditions. Okay. Yeah. With a flange, so then we put a quarter inch welded flange on it, and then we actually drilled four holes, and then we had an aluminum post that sat on. On it and we drilled galvanized bolts and tightened them all together and then slid uh, six foot sections of nice. cedar and it's it's gonna last it's expensive but it's gonna last so he's always coming up with like really cool little tricks of the things that he wants to try that makes sense and we did slab on grade we did all kinds of stuff you got any little nice little secrets of engineering kind of things that you would do at your house or would you set up a certain deck a certain way or a certain outdoor kitchen i don't know like little things uh, I can't think of any. But if like I come slab up with on some, I'll, things, I'll throw you. The slab on grade things scares me a little bit. There's without, a school of thought about putting, the dowels into the... Well, no, I mean, I you know, if I'm going to do that, then I think you should put either sauna tube or something, like all in different places, and then pour on top of that. But... No, I, I think... We talked about... No, yeah, we talked about that. There's yeah, a if, risk. If a slab on grade is done the way it should be done i.e. saw cut you have to you have to saw cut if it's saw cut where it should be saw cut it'll last forever even in our so the cracks go where climate. you want them yeah to. so you're so we're telling that we're to crack and i've seen it i've seen yeah. it. Uh, but it'll crack but it will not heave and it won't heave. pitch right no. that's why you put in the saw cuts moving. again it depends on the size too right? you got to be careful how big we make this and it can't be attached slab. into no, the, no. the house structure. No, no, it's to be Yeah, and, be and that's where the piers underneath came in. We discussed that. Yeah. And we were like, the, the piers actually might make it pitch. 
because it could move a bit. Yeah, but then it's got to become a structural slab. So you got to tie the slab. And you got to tie at that point. You need need concrete beams going from pier to pier, steel, right? So yeah, yeah, you don't want to be doing that because then then you'll punch through. Yeah. So what's the so what's the preferred bed of gravel if you're going to do a slab? Six to eight inches. Yeah, of of clear. Clear. Right. And, and then, then you're you going, your... you go into granular A or granular B, so it's set, and then you're and then you're clear. And you're exactly. fine with six by six mesh, or would you prefer rebar? No, no, six is fine. Six by six is six fine, right? Six, more than enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The steel doesn't, you know, ten M. It's not necessary at that not point. Not necessary, no. And then adding fiber into the cement is that a nice deal? Doesn't make no. that much of a difference. No, it doesn't. It's harder to finish it. Yeah, no. Oh, because all the little hairs are sticking out. Oh, it's like waxing, eh? Waxing concrete. (laughs) That's what it's like, eh? Yeah. Brazilian concrete. That's what it starts to become, eh? All that stuff. We even tried when we were farting around with um, patterned concrete before we put some in. And they would all just be sticking out? Oh, it's horrible. Learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> and you send the kid over and he's got to grind them all off yeah. or something, cut yeah. them all off. Uh, well, I know. always tried this stuff on my own house. Yeah, yeah. Before That's I did smart. it yeah. house, right? <laughs> and, and they also corrode, right? Those little fibers will corrode if you're... Really? Exterior use, like indoor use. But you got to be careful because it, you know, they're not galvanized, right? I've seen only the um, the cloth ones, like oh, the cloth fiber. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, yeah it's almost it's almost like asbestos uh, fabric. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah, like yeah, plastic. I've seen those. Oh, is that what? It, that's what it is. It's yeah. plastic. It's an actual it's plastic. Kind of plastic. Yeah, I've only respect the actual steel fibers, which are like little hairpins yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, that was for interior use on a heavy duty slab where you've got a lot of traffic, uh, pounding. Right. I never used those. I haven't seen those. Yeah. What can you do if you've got a garage slab that's actually got a dip in the middle? Over time, I guess it's just sunken. Is there anything that correct that? Fill it up. Just yeah, you got to start. You have to saw cut it out and. Uh, oh, just rip out the whole thing. Yeah, you can't even self level it on top of you, it. Or? You could self level, but because it's a folding slab, it's going to crack. It's, it's going to crack over. Down, It'll crack on down. the skinny points, right? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Because right. it's moving, right? It's it's going to keep moving. It's slab on grade. I'm just asking him anything I can because he's not billing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Normally we get a bill, right? Where's that job? I'll come visit you tomorrow. <laughs> just, just tell uh, me where it is. One City Hall. I, I think it yeah. is already yeah, on Queen Street. <laughs> no, I just uh, no. I, I've always respected you guys because I, I problem solvers, man. Like you always, and I agree with you. It's like we got to work together. It's that's a thousand percent. Absolutely. You can't. I know there's certain contractors out there that will get intimidated or they don't want to be told, like you said in the beginning, like we have to evolve, we have to change, we have to learn. This is why I say it. we all got to come together because oftentimes with from what I've heard from contractors is that with some engineers, they can't work with someone because it's their way or the highway. Or even it, with can't, it can't be that way. It can't be that way. Yeah. Right? Like building any structure is a collaborative effort. It's a team. Absolutely. There's no one Absolutely. person that could do it all by themselves. Absolutely. Maybe Noah, but that was about it, right? Right. And that was a long time ago. And but there are, I mean, there are those guys that you just, you don't even question because you're just, it's, yeah. you're not going to win the fight. No. And not even that it's a fight. It's just, can we do something differently? Can we, you know, change something? No. You know not to ask them. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, and and you know it's costing the client that much more money. And you're just trying to save some money. Yeah. I mean, 
that saved us six, seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, that with that window thing that we just talked about. Oh earlier. really? Yes. Yeah, we put a lot of steel because of the way the window was originally designed. Right. Right. But we changed you changed the design of the window and we were able to go on either side and yeah. and use use the lumber instead of the steel. Right. But it goes back to what you said. You don't know what window manufacturer is going to be used or how yeah. they're going to do it. Yeah. So once we got going, we, you know, picked our window manufacturer and I noticed that. I mean, I called Gabe and said, hey, but that saved, you know, six, seven grand. For the homeowner. Yeah. Would you ever get the specs on the windows and then start, or is that too premature? What if they change their mind at that point? Not interested. You wouldn't no. be interested. No, it's, it's, it's a the variable. Wind, the, the window manufacturer has their own spec and engineering stamp for it. But commercial windows, well, they're yes. spec and yes. they're structural. They have to be, right? Those have to be. Yeah. Interesting. But there's a lot of commercial elements that get into residential though, details, now, now right? Now more and more. More, yeah. Yeah, more so they're paying now. attention to that those environments actually work really well. Why not bring them into our home environments that we basically spend a lot more time in? Yeah, more and more. But you're seeing that in the more in the modern builds, right? Yeah, these uh, open spaces, more, more contemporary homes or wide open cantilevers all over the place, uh, floors that are flowing from outside to inside concrete right. floors. Oh, right? thermal bridging! The thermal I mean, bridging. Wow! Oh God, what a headache! That's like that's massive. You'd have to heat that slab on the outside to make it. See, that is one thing. So we, you know, talking about the thermal bridging with, um, especially with steel. And you have your steel beam going across. Yeah. And you got your plate where you're. Yep. Where you're. We all know where this gonna is going. Have, where you have your, <laughs> you know, your brick. You can spray, you know, spray from the living shit out of it. It's still a bridge. It's it's gonna still come right through. And it's a problem with flush beams. Yeah. With these flush steel beams, because you get a, bit, a little bit of a hump in that floor. It's so, a major problem in condos with every balcony that's in yeah. there. Yeah, but we're talking more residential where yeah. you want a flush steel beam and it's sitting on the exterior wall. So you got to drop that beam, you know, a quarter inch, half inch. You, you're going to have to fur out the ceiling if it's an eight inch beam and you got to separate it. You have to fur it out anyway, right? But you got to be careful because that, that beam will, through expansion, expansion and, and, and uh, through the thermal bridge. It will crescent? Like yeah, it, it will. It really? Yeah. Over the seasons? Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. But you also got to watch out for the, uh, the hot and the cold mixing, and you get the condensation it's underneath inside the, walls, the beam, yeah. right? Yeah. Because so you that see that, happen. you know. I mean, we've gone in places, and you know, after uh, you know, they're they're all new and steel and everything else. And five six years later, you you know, there's a water spot on the outside corner, and then you open it up, and condensation. It it's the Air. It's a hot cold, yeah. It's, it's a hot and cold, right? It's a cold like how do you how do you insulate that yeah, the web of the uh, of the it's steel that, from that, the outside? Those are the you details can. that you have to be a magician to figure out. And you sit there and you get, you know, you guy you get your guy spray foaming the shit out of it. Yeah. And it doesn't help. Yeah. Well, it helps, but it doesn't it solve more, yeah. the problem. It's gotten better. Yeah. Right. What about drilling and welding and plating all kinds of steel beams and then not priming it afterwards issue not really i mean the interior, steel is no. interior no because you're inside a cavity as long as you don't have the thermal connection somehow it's not going to affect the steel the steel will last no. exterior when you're using say for example use, using a steel brick ledge on yeah. an older house right you yeah. want to re-brick you can't take the old brick off so you go with a steel galvanized brick ledge what'll happen is whoever's setting the brick ledge it's too long. They'll cut it. 
Then so now you exposed it to bare steel to outdoor elements. Useless. Then it's going to eventually fail. So be careful if you're ever doing that. Yeah. You've got a galvanized section. Make sure it's fi it fits and don't be cutting or got it. drilling. Have it drilled at the shop. So and then pre-prime it, it, it again. And then prime it again. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've had okay. issues with that. I like that. What, what else? The brickle edge or the cutting of the galvanized? <laughs> uh, I don't like the cutting of the galvanized. Yeah. I know. First of all, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, you're paying a lot of money. Yeah, for that yeah. piece of metal. Right. So yeah, you, but the last happens, thing you right. want to do is cut it. Yeah. And then you're outside. It's metal. And it's holding up. Three, Weight three structure. Three stories of brick. Right. Compromise everything once you cut it. Hmm. How does that work? That brick. There's a calculation, there's a math calculation, I think, about brick walls and openings and how the, the load is transferred as it comes down to the foundation. It's, it's all tri So it's not rectangular, it's triangular. It's, it's a triangular load. At what load, pitch so or how does that? Okay. Usually 60 degrees. 60 degrees? Yeah. So as you go from one point at the very top and you're coming down, you go over one window, 60 degrees on a triangle, then you have two other windows and you're doing the same, same thing, thing over and over yeah. until you get to the foundation. Yeah. That's for masonry. Because remember, masonry is tied to the wall. Yeah. And, and you'll notice that w when you see cracking over a window, it's always in a triangular or a diagonal. Right. That's true. Oh. It's a 60 degree. Yeah. Have a look. It's true. It is. Huh? Yeah. Never do that. So wait, wait. So where's the failure then at that result? What's yeah. happening? Four years of a university if you want to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer, man. Great answer. I can't tell you everything. <laughs> I got a scenario for you because I, I'm, I'm like, I got challenged by the inspector on this. So we did a new uh, basement window, four foot, in a seven foot high basement. The bottom of the window is three feet above the footing, which is compromising the frost line, according to the inspector. That's but one, yeah. Yeah, so then on the span of the wall, that's the only opening. And actually, technically, that's the only opening in all four walls of the house in the basement. So he's asked us to get a sign-off from the engineer that the three feet above the footing will be fine based on the four-foot-wide window there. It's not compromising the wall structure. No. Yeah, you're fine. That's what well, that's what engineers are saying, but the inspector's saying, uh, yeah. I don't think so. If you were so, if your backfill height, depending less than three feet. On, yeah, so yeah, our, we have a window well, and our backfoot height is uh, backfill height is um, three feet above the footing. So our new frost line is technically speaking just below. So you have to put before you backfill, you have to put uh, rigid, rigid over top of you, that, yeah, yeah, rigid yeah, for yeah. the gravel, the clear gravel in the window well. That's your bigger issue. Okay, yeah. is 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 a frost line. But structurally, because there's only three feet backfill height. If it's a you're ten not, inch wall, you're not you're compromising. Good. If it's a ten inch wall, you're fine. So if you put like we were told, uh, four inches of rigid, and then put the gravel, yep. and then you actually increase your frost line at that point, you're fine. Which gets you away from the footing, which yep. is yeah, fine. Yeah, it slows down that frost penetration. Which more and more now, what we're doing with basement walkouts. Yeah. So as you know, with basement walkouts, you got to go down an extra four feet yep. from the final landing. From the final, so you're you know you're, you're getting deep. pretty deep in some. Circle, you know, eight, eight to ten feet deep. Yeah. So what we're doing now is we're going down to the footing level, right? So the underside of the footing, or say a foot deeper than the house footing, okay. And, and going with the four-inch rigid, we put the whole walkout structure on the uh, on, on this rigid. And that's how I've done it before, and I'm always fascinated that it works. It works. So and why does it work? It works because you're preventing the frost from penetrating from that area. Penetrating that area, so it, it, it doesn't affect the house footing. Number one, that's the big one. Yeah. Right. 
Because you don't want to compromise that because then you'll start seeing cracks in the foundation yeah. wall. God help you. Yeah. If you see a crack in the foundation wall, if it's a small crack, we're fine. Right. If it starts to become like... Well, you have to keep an eye on it, right? So, mm. so that's... But more and more, this is what we're doing. We're going with this rigid. You know, yeah. and, and the municipalities are accepting. They're accepting that. Now. Yeah. Four inches. Four, yeah, four inch blue. And then you're fine. Yeah. You prefer block or foundation concrete? Doesn't matter at that point. I don't know which one. Then. I'm going to sense block. No? Traditionalist, yeah. Block. Yeah, that's why. I like a block foundation. That, that's why. Yeah. But filled cavity with rebar? You have to, or you don't have to. No, you don't always have to. Depend, no. Depends on the height of the wall. If your wall is eight foot high, right, and your backfill height's four to five feet, I don't need it for a 10-inch block. For a 10-inch block. Right. We start to get a little higher with backfill height over six feet, then, yeah, we got to throw some... Block, block. Some yeah, empty block, bags block of masonry? Yeah. We'll throw some empty bags of masonry inside the block, right? That never happens, eh? Does that happen? <laughs> yeah. All you Italians and Portuguese yeah. masons out there? <laughs> Shove it in the top so you can put your anchor bolts in. <laughs> we know the game. But no, no, I, I kind of like, I think that I remember seeing my dad. He was a mason and he would do a block wall and I was always fascinated by it. Like oh, yeah. it's it's like an art to watch beautiful. it. Yeah. yeah. Foundation's beautiful, but like concrete, it's but, but it's like block is kind of beautiful. I like that. A lot of work and block. It is. It's, it's hard be, work. You gotta be in good shape. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta have mitts. You know what I mean? Like, Real mitts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the skin is like thicker than your hammer. No, Jesus. I know. It's just like crazy. Did we cover everything? Engineering? No, I feel like they're still missing some things. Engineering wise, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, we can go for we'll days. We'll go to roofs. Well, roofs, hand cut, trusses. Trusses, trusses flat. Actually, that's, that, that's one big change in, in the past few years is a trust roof. So right. why do you get all the uplift with the truss roofs? I mean, how many times, Jim, have you, as a framer, brought all the trusses on site, parked them up there, started laying them all out, and all the interior walls are missing about an inch and a half away from the actual underside of the truss? What's that all about? What is that? I'm asking that. What do you mean? You'll get the uplift from it. So the actual, like, you've got all your walls on your second story. They're all made out of whatever, 92 and 5 eighths, but then you drop your truss on the place, and then all of a sudden in the middle, there's a little bit of a gap. That's what mm. I've seen before. And then the theory is I've that never, no. that'll settle yeah. and grab onto it. But then oh, that's, I see it on the partition wall. So that's actually oh, okay. part of oh, I see that's part saying. of the, the building code test, right? Where it's the uplift thing. So you, you got to answer that connection point where you'll have that separation. And then if you don't insulate your attic space properly, you'll have movement. And the center part of the choice of the trusses will actually go up and crack the drywall. Hmm. Interesting. That's what I've read and seen. And no, you don't. I've never seen it. Never. Your trusses that. have always lined up and sat on both sides and then touched the center wall all the time? Pretty much. Oh, wow. I've come across some bad trusses, didn't yeah, I yes. guess? Or shitty interior walls. Uh, one be. or the other, yeah, right? I've, I've never been called back. I was just told by the problem. trust company that uh, they'll just settle. And I'm like, I don't know if I can settle with that settle. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know. Okay. But they've been a big... Uh, That's a huge improvement. Huge improvement because you're going wall to wall with these. So models. explain the, the, the... Okay, so you're still using premium number one grade two by four lumber to create trusses, which I know is a stronger lumber than whatever we're using for regular walls, which is number two or three. These days, maybe number 24. God, who knows? Yeah. So, yes. So Bruce, then... Spruce number one, two. Yeah. yeah. So how does that plate... How does that plate work when they just stamp it right into two sections of two by four? How does that structurally make that sound? The the gusset plate? Yeah. Like, how does that... That's just a plate that's got, like, 
half inch teeth in it and it's biting into two members. Yeah, on both sides. On both sides. So yeah. how does that make it so much stronger than the actual wood itself, right? Depending on the size and area of that plate, it will resist whatever movement there is at that connection. Because I've been told that that's stronger than the center point of that wood now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just fascinated. It's that an engineered it. connection, but, but, but the si- it depends on the size and the area. Got it. Right. And how much load is going through that point, th- that section of the truss. Because the truss, the beauty of a truss is it all works together. Yeah. Right. You've got the top cord with, with, with the web holding up the bottom cord. Yeah. Right. And depending what the load is in the span, you've got more, more of these webs yep. working top to bottom. Which yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Trusses, it is. Yeah. yeah. Roof trusses to me and, and, and design. Designs of complicated roofs using trusses. It's just, it's That's a challenge. That's, a, that's an art. They do. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is, man. Because then you get a lot of homeowners with their houses and, you know, dormers, oh. dormers, turrets, all these kinds of stuff. Well, that's where you, you have the engineers sitting there and he's designing oh, it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. But then you got a framer just scratching their head because the theory is that a framer will get a first floor, second floor done in four or five weeks and then it'll take four or five weeks just for the roof. At if that it's point. hand cut. Uh, no, no, even if it's trusses and it's got a bunch of details on it. You know what I mean? So well, It's a big puzzle, right? You get yeah. your layout, the trusses yeah. are all numbered, and you, you piece them all together. Yeah, it's right. challenging. I always found that when the trusses are up, that the biggest error that the guys make is they don't follow the truss package. And they always, you know, and then, you know, when they, when, no, no, when really? they put it in place, but then they're putting in the collar tie or whatever that hold them. The ridge or whatever it is, right? Yeah. You know where they, they're not, they're not collar ties, but they're running. The blocking. The blocking that where they, right. And there are certain spots where they have to have it and this and that. And usually guys will just throw it up and not look at it. And then that's where they get called out on it. Because you'll see... Yeah, because you go, oh, can I have your trust package? And they'll look, oh, no, that, geez, that's <laughs> six inches over this way. You missed that one. And they're not loading the girder trusses. They're not right. properly bearing the girder trusses. So if you got a triple girder truss, you got to have three, three two-by-sixes underneath. I'll walk in and say, you got a girder truss here, and there's the plate is holding it up. Right, right, right. right, you right, go, right oh, right. no, the carpenter still has to come back to do all the point loads. Well, I was just me? about to ask yeah. you, how, you call me? <laughs> how, yeah, how, many times, how many times you get on site and you can see all the point load, oh, absolutely. Very, oh, like holes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where the math comes in again, that a good framer will just follow that load and just bring it right down to foundation. Well, it should be done all marked out on the wall. Right? It should be, but it's not that. always, right? But, but that's your carpenter. A carpenter will know automatically. Yeah, that they got to follow that not line. Not a framer, a carpenter, right? Hmm. Not a fr- yeah, framers are they're just banging nails and putting two by fours together. That's a good point. You got a carpenter. Yeah, a carpenter should know how to cut a roof, do a hand cut roof. A true carpenter, right? And and more and more, you're not. You know, you're not finding carpenters that can do it. Can do it anymore as efficiently as they did. Yeah, in, back in the day. I remember, yeah, you know, they had their little templates for a 412 yeah. or a 612, and they'd be sawing the bird's mouth. Hey, it was beautiful. Yeah. That was great when yeah. when we were doing the show back. And you John, would see John that. John Carlo and the yeah, boys you were doing would see like, that. It was yeah. just like, it was, it was a symphony of, yeah. you know, the guy the up, way they the guy use that up. skill saw, it's... Corded yeah. skill yeah. saw. The cor- yeah, the corded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing weighed like 15 <laughs> yeah. pounds, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it looked like a tank too, right? Yeah. The metal was probably were, from a tank. Yeah. 
That was the good old days. Now it's all battery power and flashy red and it's good. Right? No it's yellow. Progress. You got tools at home, Gabe? What kind of power tools you got? I got a skill saw and a drill. Uh, Jim, what, what kind of brand do you think he is? He's an engineer, an architect. He's got hands-on. I'm going to say yellow. Are you, you a DeWalt guy? Yeah, the drill's DeWalt, but the... Uh, skill? Skill's a skill. Oh, the a skill's real a one. skill, a real it's one. It's my uncle's. It's the old mm, Oh, so the, the old, old the steel, old heavy one. Heavy as heck. Cast. Heavy as heck. Steel, nice. Yeah. It's still, yeah, and it, it still will be around oh, for a while. It's unreal. How, it's, yeah, it's a powerful little tool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. You got any other questions there, Jim? No, I think I'm good. This is good. This has been great. This is fun. Yeah. I'll come back. No, I mean, you, you educated us quite a bit. I'm sure a lot of guys are taking notes as a result of this now. We really appreciate it. We got one last segment here, which is the 12 questions of construction. There's no <laughs> right or wrong. It's not a test. I don't, you don't need to go back to school for this one <laughs> for four <laughs> years. Uh, <laughs> let's just get right off onto it there. Uh, what is your favorite construction word, Gabe? Carpenter. Nice. What is your least favorite construction word? The backfilling. Because I used to do it. We used to do it by hand. <laughs> by hand? The labor, yeah. In those days, yeah. The you backfill. would backfill by hand? Yeah, wheelbarrow and shovel, yeah. Because we were the kids on site. It was cheap labor. That's almost yeah. like grave robbing, yeah. eh? Like that. Jeez. Uh, what turns you on in construction? The smell of concrete when it's being poured. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a first. It is nice. Yeah, I, I, I do like that. And I can actually smell it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that is a nice smell, man. But it's mixed in with a little bit of diesel. You know, you're getting it from the truck, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you get that's it from right. the truck. Yeah, that's right. We're all gearheads here. Right? That's an so, old truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an old truck. The blacker the better, man. That's all it is. So, uh, what turns you off in construction? An untidy site. It is, huh? Where it's almost a, a disappointment to walk. Pieces of wood with nails sticking out, and yeah, yeah I just, I, it's, yeah, it's, I, I'm, yeah. Just take the effort. That's yeah. all. You know, I, you know, when it's all, when the day's over, just have somebody sweep up, clean up a little bit. You know, an hour more, half hour more. It makes yeah. such a difference. You, know, you oh, walk onto huge. a clean site. Wow, it's a huge appearance. Yeah. 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 What is your favorite curse word? Could be a phrase. You can say it. You, you don't want. come across. It could be an Italian if you want, but uh, you, you don't come across as a guy who curses a lot. Yeah, so. yeah, I don't curse. No, I so yeah, yeah. I'll bleep I, it out if you yeah. want. No, I no, I don't have one. Okay, you don't have one. That's no, a good. I'm pretty calm and cool on site. <laughs> yeah, I don't use any colorful language. Got it. Uh, hang on a sec. When I first met you on the site, there, there was a little bit of colorful. language. <laughs> 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 what is your favorite vehicle? Your car, your truck, or vehicle? Anything else? You know, could be a bike, boat. My uh, my bike. I'm what a it, big time cyclist, yeah. Oh, you're a cyclist. What do you ride? Uh, Pinarello F8. Mm. Yeah. Uh, least favorite vehicle? My car. <laughs> yeah, I hate cars. <laughs> oh yeah, if I didn't need it, yeah, if I didn't need one for work, I wouldn't have a car. I just ride. I'd, I'd commute to and from. With, with you ever ride the site? I have. Yeah, last year at this time I did. I didn't have a car. That's actually kind of so nice. I jump on a bike, and there were a few downtown sites that I'd ride down to. That's kind of cool, on, eh? Put on a knapsack and away I go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? The sound of a skill set. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? Those chippers. Chipper. Those chippers. Oh, yeah. the SDS oh. hammers. Yeah, I hate uh, the sound of those hammers. Right into hard, like, concrete. I was on a site this morning, and I was trying to have a discussion with the GC, and they were going on with this chipper, and I said, guys... I'm leaving if, you're not, if he doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? 
profession or trade or profession, profession? anything, any other career option or trade. There could be trade. Could be anything. As a trade, carpentry, obviously. Um, as a profession, I don't know. I I, I really l- love what I do. Engineer slash architectural, but I think as as another profession, um, maybe law, maybe law. Dum dum. Yeah, mm. healthcare as a chiropractor, or more on the holistic side of healthcare as opposed to the traditional medical, medicinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pharmaceutical. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Accountant. Yeah. I think Even everybody though my, in construction. Yeah, I mean, math and all that, but accounting just doesn't. It's not the right kind of math. No, no. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Nice to finally meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Where I lost your card. Where did your card go? I can't believe where I, it is. I got plenty more. You got plenty more. Yeah. It's around here somewhere, man. So I guess if anybody wanted to, I could actually pull yeah, yeah, a, post sure. your email out there and on, on the podcast and everyone yeah, can reach any out to you. questions they have, yeah. Are you yeah. kidding? I, I'm, I'm open to But you're also, questions. you're open to consultation as well too, right? Absolutely. So for any future projects that are yeah, going on. Yeah, that, that'd be fantastic. Do you focus just in the Toronto area or are you? No, no, I'm, I'm everywhere, everywhere in the GTA. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, the GTA is like 17 cities. Yeah, I learned that. Yeah, yeah. No, as far as Whitby, oh, yeah, as yeah. west well, as... You were coming home from Barrie yesterday. Barry, yeah, I was yeah. up in Barrie. Oh, I'm really? I'm back up on Monday on another second suite. A woman called me today, coincidentally, said, I need some help with the second suite in, uh, in Barrie. Do you come to Barrie? Yeah, sure. Yeah. There's nice. a lot of building going on in Barrie right now. going on, yeah. Barrie, Innisfil. Lots going on. Yeah. I guess we're just going to go north and north because we're downtown is all saturated. And you and I'm finding too that uh, you're starting to get into the renovations outside of these cities. Right. So here in Toronto, we've always had this turnover of you know renovating older houses. Now it's happening in Vaughan. All these areas. Yeah, all these areas with these houses that are now 30, 40 years old, yeah. where people are wanting to like a rear addition or yeah. say, like another story or yeah, something. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's strange. You know, you pull up to a house that's probably built in the 80s where they want to. They want to open it up. But here's some walls. Here's a little eye opener. There's a meme going around on Instagram right now that if you were to go to back in time, the way Marty did with the doc and back to the future, we'd be going back to 1991. He went back in 30 years from 85 to 55. So we'd be going back to 1991. So think about what we were doing in 1991 and hop into the DeLorean and then go back. It's a little scary how much you feel old now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't seem like, like but 91 these, doesn't seem like that. It's true. These like houses from ago. the 80s and 90s now are begging for a rear addition or a second story. It could be a back split. They're begging for these things. And now you're tying into dimensional lumber. You're tying into one steel. Oh, what's the problem? <laughs> like, for example, you know, you put an addition on a on an older house where it's a two by eight, two by eight floor. Yeah. And then you're going wall to wall with a, with a 12-inch joist. Right. So now you've got a drop in the ceiling. Yeah. Right? So you got to deal with that. So what do I do? Do I go back to conventional way, throw a beam down the middle, and go with 2 by 8s Is that the better option if you do that? You go 2 by 8 dimensional it, on 12s on center? or it, Unless we leave, we leave that exterior wall there, then you won't see the difference in drop, but you're losing that 4 inches in the ceiling. Yeah. Right? So if you want a nice flush ceiling, then, then you got to... That's an interesting right, element. Right. I'm getting this all the time. And even in the basements, too. You've got 
So now your new ceiling has dropped four inches. You've lost four inches in a six foot five basement. To right. begin with. Right. And I guess it won't be, when did TGIs come in? They came in the early 2000s? No, it would no, have been no, the 90s. I th- uh, yeah, I think late 90s. Late 90s, yeah. they started coming in. Yeah, so yeah no, I, I started I, seeing them I, in yeah. the late 90s. I don't know when they came in, but that's when I started I used them, them in 94. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah? Yeah. My own place, yeah. So I guess we got to wait another 10 years or so, and you start tying into the old TGIs. Well, you know what's funny? Yeah. You're, you guys, you're mentioning going to Barry and do this and bond, and, and now you're doing renovating houses that are 30, 40 years old. I know I've been in this way too long. When I'm doing, when I'm starting to re-renovate houses that I did, like I just got, so you know the one I'm doing down the street. Yeah, yeah. That was a house I built, you know, 15 years ago. But now I got a cut. Now I got a call from another client in 96 I did their house and they want me to come and do some more. And I've built for other numerous clients, you know, their second home for them. How does that feel? Like walking in and kind of remembering that time capsule. It's kind of cool. But you know what? I mean, they, I mean, the, the flattering thing of the whole thing is they're, they ask, are you still, you know, are you still yeah. doing it? And would you do it? So, yeah, no, you know, I mean, it's, fantastic. It's, it's pretty cool, yeah, right? It's fantastic. You know, that's but, a good feeling. Yeah. Makes you wonder anybody who's listening, all the younger guys, like build something to come back to it 15 years down the line. Right. Right. Add to it. You know what I mean? Or that'd be interesting. Having that credibility to last that long, right? It's not that's, easy because it's it's, it's, tough. It's, it's competitive, and it only takes one shitty one, client. Yeah, one. Uh, yeah, especially these days with social media and everything else. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Shit media is that what it is? Shit, Shit media. media. But Shit media. how are the young guys? You like dealing with the young GCs, the young tradespeople out there? For the most part, yeah, they're yeah. pretty good they're, across they're pretty the board. Good. They're they're dynamic. They're uh, they're eager to learn, willing to learn, and they're, and they're listening. And yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, no, this this generation coming up is who I've dealt with. Very dynamic. They're smart. It's thinkers. Well, they're digital age, right? So yeah. they can always, you know, yeah. you come on site and they can Google it and. You know, kind of. They're always learning new ideas, throwing new things at me. You know, is this going to work? Is that going to work? And then what about the old guys? Those guys are the problems. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, they are. They, they are. They're they, setting their they, ways, yeah, huh? They, they, they are because they think it, it still works. It, it didn't work before. <laughs> you just got away for four years. You got away with it. You got away with it. That's all it is. Why do I need this big, you know, big beam? <laughs> 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 On that note, okay. All right. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Right, it's thank like you. Pleasure talking yeah, to you, man. Thanks, thanks for honestly much. sharing great. so much and 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 educating thanks the guys. For the invite. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, so, yeah. all right, Jim, we got to get out of here, man. No, there's a song yeah. out of here. No, no song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, man. We're gonna get out of here. Check you guys next time, man. That might have yeah. been the song. That would have been it. Which one? I think the one that I heard. Something about. Getting Genesis out of here. Or, yeah, yeah. Could have been. The well, you I say Genesis. Remember. I think follow you, follow me. Or was yeah, it your last client I... telling you, get, <laughs> out. <laughs> get out of here? <laughs> yeah. Man. All right. Thanks, man. See ya. See ya, boys. Thanks a lot, eh? <laughs>